Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yo! Welcome in to the House of L podcast. I am Lawrence Holmes. Thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I'm excited for this episode, especially for all my DePaul peeps. But even if you're not a DePaul peep, if you're just someone who enjoys college athletics or wants to learn how things work in college athletics, I think that you'll get something out of today's episode. I had the opportunity to talk with Dwayne Peavy. He's the new athletic director. It's weird to say new because I think he's been in the job for 18 months, but you know how that time warp works with COVID and the pandemic. Like everything feels like it happened last year when really it happened in 2019, that sort of thing. And we're closing in on 2022. But I hadn't really had the chance to talk with Dwayne Peavy and what it means for him to like take over the athletic department at DePaul. And, and it's got a lot of issues. That getting and the thing is, is like when you look at DePaul as a mosaic, everything but the men's basketball program is a really solid, if not good to great program. But getting the men's basketball program on track is the thing that most people have been hoping for. It's, I, I talk about it a lot on the air. It's my first love in sports. Like, DePaul basketball is my first love. Like, it's the, the first thing that drew my eyes as a child. And I remember watching games on Channel 9 growing up, sitting on the floor in my grandmother's living room, watching DePaul be on TV and be great when I was a little, little kid. And then, of course, you know, spending my time there as an undergrad, broadcasting for DePaul, and now teaching at DePaul. It's, it's really great. Like, the experience of DePaul overall has been really good. The basketball program has struggled over the last 15 years, and that's probably being kind. Clearly, a change was needed, and they, they made a change. Now, what's surprising is, and we get into this. I, I'm, I'm surprised that Dwayne Peavy was interested in DePaul because of his background at football places. So I wanted to talk with him about the challenge of the DePaul job and, and what made him take it. But I also wanted to get to know him a little bit and for him to get to know me. I am DePaul's biggest advocate and sometimes its biggest critic. Because I'm its biggest advocate. And I won't apologize for that aspect of it. I want DePaul to be good. I think the, the 
alumni, the, the students now, and the fan bases deserve it. So I'm glad that he had time, and we sat down and we talked about a lot of stuff comprehensive. He's very impressive, and I think that'll come across inside our conversation. And this is a guy that helped launch the SEC network. He's got big ideas, and he's got big ideas for DePaul, which is good. This is my first meeting with DePaul Athletic Director Dwayne Peavy. So, Dwayne, no first of all, it's really nice to meet you. Like, I, I know that this, yeah, is a, this is a weird space that we're in, and, <laughs> you know, you don't get a chance to, like, meet people. Like, ordinarily, I would have made my way to Lincoln Park by now uh, to, to come and meet you in person, and hopefully – in, in, in the next few months, that is something that can actually happen. So that you have a little bit of background on me. I don't know how much Greg told okay. you. 1997 graduate of DePaul. Um, now I'm a professor at DePaul in the comms department. I teach usually one quarter, sometimes two quarters a year over there. Grad school at Alabama. Okay, small world. I know, right? You're from Birmingham, correct? <laughs> yeah. So, um. so... That's and, and I do radio here and TV here in Chicago. But I love DePaul. I've loved DePaul since I was a child. Like It's literally my first sports memory is watching okay. the 79 team when I was four years old. So this goes, goes deep with me how much I love DePaul. I've done play-by-play for DePaul and all sorts of stuff. So I'm, I'm really glad to like meet you. And I, let me start with this. Like okay. I, I'll start with the hard stuff. No, uh, <laughs> The challenges in, in today's mm-hmm. environment when we are so football-centric, I mean, even at Kentucky, where, where you were at, right. Kentucky football now is a big, big deal. What are the challenges for schools like DePaul that are, are when it comes to men's athletics, only have basketball as a revenue generator? I think the difference is, you know, first of all, thanks uh, for having me doing this because I, I've heard a lot about you all those things. I didn't know about the Alabama connection, so that's a new one. But the biggest challenge, I would say, the time period when I was looking into this job, it was a big shift, mainly because people realize the football piece, if it's not a dynamic piece, this is not a huge revenue producer piece, it's just a big expense. So it really opened up my eyes I don't know where I would have been two years ago if the Paul job opened up. I had an affinity for it. You know, advisors would tell you I had to go FBS to be a, you know, an athletic director. You have to have some sort of football. I think during that time period, it really made me think about the potential of a basketball school, so to speak, in a major basketball league. That's a total different story than maybe not having football and what would not be considered maybe a major conference. I think the Big East is the mending of two great thoughts. Um, Outside of really UConn, who has FBS football, and they're trying to find a league instead of being independent right now, it's a unique opportunity because it's at the forefront of thought. We should be able to accomplish a lot more things in men's basketball. We should be able to have a Fox deal that every men's basketball is on live television. You know, there's some elements to it that we get benefits that maybe the so-called mid-major league doesn't get, that doesn't have that high, high level of football. Like all the changing parts that's going on right now, I'm so glad that we have nothing to do with that. I mean, if that was anything, that was a plus. 
because yeah, we're we're thinking about hey, do we want to expand or how do we help our league? But that's an everyday thought. When Oklahoma and Texas um, announced that they were leaving the Big Twelve to go to the SEC, outside of my conversations with Greg Sankey about just normal stuff, it had nothing to do with me. And and think about it, every other league in America, you know that in some way, shape, or form, it could touch you. And so that's the thing for me. I think it's just different now. Because we can have football in this league, but it just be we need more support, more subsidies from the campuses. We wouldn't make the kind of revenue. People think about football as a revenue sport. I don't know going forward at the smaller schools will it continue to be. Because all of a sudden you can't play those guarantee games that are multi-millions of dollars. How do you afford it? And as we saw during the pandemic, when people decided to play conference-only games, if it wasn't for the CARES Act and the subsidies from the government, there's a lot of people that wouldn't be surviving right now. And so I don't think it's as big a factor unless you're at that level. If you're one of those autonomy five schools and you're going to have thousands of people in your stadium every day at a high ticket price level and you've got revenue to offset your expenses, what you find out pretty quickly, Lawrence, just like we do in our everyday life, however much money we make, we spend that much too. So nobody's like making hand over fist outside the ones like the Texas A&Ms and the Alabamas of the world that got so much that, hey, they have a surplus of revenues that they can put toward their capital projects, things like that. Everybody else is just chasing. And I think we're in a great place. I think it's a huge advantage, especially in NIL. There's no men's, there's no football team of 130 individuals as a head of all my 210 student athletes that maybe take a lot of things off the table. And I think being in a basketball league, there's a, there's a unique opportunity here in Chicago, third largest media market in the country. If you're in LA or you're in New York, there's no high school student athlete coming to college that can be the talk of the town. No shot. But you can do that here in Chicago. So we're in the right place. I don't think football is missed. I love football. I'm a baseball player in college. We don't have baseball. But we've got enough. There's enough football around. I can go watch football every Saturday, wherever I want to now. I, I've been invited by a lot of colleagues. Um, I think right now it wouldn't be the thing that helps us. It would only take away from things that we're doing. And so we're in a unique spot in the Big East. But I think that uniqueness is what helped us become such an asset. I'm so glad that you brought up the point about the the deal that, that's been put mm-hmm. in place. And I, I think is one of the – the, the biggest moments in Gene Lindsey Ponsetto's tenure as athletic director was getting the deal done with Fox Sports. You would be amazed at how many people I have to try and convince of yeah. even if DePaul is struggling, it's still better. Because a lot of people say, well, why don't they jump down to a lower league so they win? And I'm right. like, that's not like that doesn't help anyone. And the way that right. I've always viewed the Big East, and you could tell me if your feeling is different. I look at the schools in the Big East and say they're all the same school for the most part, except for UConn. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, DePaul is Marquette. DePaul is St. John's. DePaul is Villanova. So to me, it makes all the sense in the world that those schools are in the same conference, and it be- just becomes a matter of putting yourself – like, as I say DePaul is Marquette, I would love that DePaul have the same type of success basketball, men's basketball-wise – that Marquette does, but the idea of dropping down into a different conference has never made sense to me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they are the Big East schools for the most part are, are really true peer institutions across the board, not just athletic department for the 
school, private Catholic schools um, with huge traditions, um, pro markets, um, a lot of, there's a reason they came together, right? There's a reason that you don't feel like somebody's gonna get plucked off here one way or the other. Um, those presidents in that room that have the same issues and problems they're fighting through. Now, they're different sizes, um, but I think the fact of having that unique group um, is something that's a plus. I think from an athletic standpoint, we've been an outlier. We joined the Big East in 05 and did not invest in a level for athletics to join the Big East. We took on the assets, like we were just going to be able to just transition to the Big East and we were going to be fine. And so as I look, I put my newly MBA brain into this as I finished school. Is I had to look at it from a business side of it, looking back and trying to learn. Like, why haven't we been successful? Uh, it wasn't because of what the work that people put in. It wasn't the human capital we have here as much as, okay, what was the plan from day one? Did we know what we were trying to get into? Uh, were you we thinking we were going to go from one league to the other without a huge level of investment? Maybe that's why Coach Leto decided at the time, it's a good time to go to Virginia because if we're not going, he'd been in the Big East before. If we weren't going to invest in the level of what it meant to be a Big East school, keep in mind that was, we don't even have the facilities we have now then. And, and so I knew we did things like, hey, we had to change uh, which field um, to meet some standards, but we didn't have the new build out of Catchatory Stadium that's happened. Wind Trust didn't exist. Um, there's a lot of pieces that come to it and we're still not there now. So here we are 2021 and we have a long way to go from a men's basketball standpoint to invest at the Big East level. Now we're working towards that. We took a step already for this year. We're taking steps in the future. Uh, and I think that's a big concentration, not just the capital projects, not just the buildings, not just a basketball practice facility or getting an arena to play in, but it's also the operating budgets. You know, how do you perform at a high level um, things that our Big East peers are doing? So we're not trying to do anything outside of that footprint, but there's enough from Villanova um, down to the traditional uh, schools that were basically in our point. I mean, think about what St. John's, Georgetown, and DePaul were trying to do. We were kind of the bottom three for a little bit of time. They're making steps forward, right? They made... Um, you know, St. John's probably, they don't lose to us in the regular season. They probably end up getting close to getting an at-large bid. Georgetown wins the tournament. We got to take our step forward because if we're going to, we got in this league because we're Chicago, that market, the history of DePaul, all those things. We haven't made the tournament one time since 05, since we joined the Big East. So we haven't given anything to this league. It's time for us to give some return on the investment they made in us. And I, I take it personal. Um, I, you know, I've told our ADs as a group, it's time for DePaul to put up or shut up. It's time for us to be a factor because it's important for our league. If we're going to go into a new deal in 25 and DePaul's where it is right now, it's, it's not going to be as lucrative as it can be. If all of a sudden New York, DC, Chicago, the ratings and the numbers change in those markets, because probably right now, we got to make sure Fox, I mean, who's doing a deal where every men's basketball game is on national television? I mean, if it wasn't for the Big Ten and the SEC networks, those games wouldn't be on. I mean, ESPN is not putting every one of those games on, right? I mean, that's not what's happening. Fox is a unique situation for us that we have to use at our advantage 
from a monetary standpoint, but also an exposure standpoint. And you're right. I think those are the things that we've got to grow. If we want to be Marquette. Now, keep in mind, it's not about just writing a check, Lawrence, because Marquette's got a bigger budget than us. But what I tell these coaches around here, if, if, if the resources meet my expectations, I expect some return on that investment, just like this campus is going to expect some return from me. And so we've got to do it the right way, but we've got to grow it. And I think it's spending it the right way. It's not like just paying everybody we got more money, right? It's not just staying in a better hotel or spending more money on our travel because we can, we can get the budgets up that way. It's being intentional about some of the things we're doing. So we've started in that process. We obviously have a new staff in place. Uh, we've hired a men's basketball specific strength coach, sports performance, and uh, Matt Johnson from the Bulls. Um, some of the next steps we're taking is a nutritionist. We spent some money on data technology because if we don't have a lot of staff, we got to make it work to be able to help our young people develop and train at a high level. And we're doing that across all sports too. We've got some things we got to do in the building to create space. Um, but there's a lot of things in, that I saw in my time at Kentucky that I can bring um, that is not out of the realm of possibility for us. It's just, hey, these are just things we haven't done that everybody else is doing. It's not just Kentucky, but that's food, nutrition, that's development, that's mental health, that's nutrition, uh, that's data technology, the way we travel, the kind of schedule we play, uh, the corporate sponsorships, merchandise and licensing. There's a lot of things, and some of those are expenses, but a lot of those are revenues too. And so basically, I charge my universities that, hey, I need help. Our budget needs to be about $10 million above what it is when I got here. If you can get me five, I'll make my own five. If you can grow with me, I'll produce five more million dollars in revenue from fundraising, from merchandise and licensing, from season ticket sales, from corporate sponsorships, along with our Big East monies. But I need you to help subsidize some of our scholarships in our smaller sports, get, men, get women's basketball to win trust, which costs money. We need more positions and some flexibility, you know, gear, travel, uh, nutrition, food, some of those things that we haven't put enough into. Because in our minds, if we get a little better every year at DePaul, we probably feel like we're growing. We've got to expand. we got to expand what we feel like excellence is, you know, because we're great academically. We're great in the community. But we can be great on the court and in the field, too, and along with those things as well. And I think we got we got to do our part. We won some championships. I saw a lot of Big East trophies when I walked into this building. But not one of them was in men's basketball. And no matter what we do in our other sports, we're going to be judged by our front porch of our athletic department. And it's our time. It's our time. We've had way too long. We're going to be patient. We're going to do it the right way. I think we're going to be better sooner than later. Uh, I feel really good about the roster we put together because of the one-time transfer allowed us to have five major college transfers come in with one junior college uh, kid and, and one freshman to make up this team. And I feel really good about the direction we're going in. And the campus have been more than supportive of buying into, okay, we're going to invest in athletics, but here's the return you've got to make. And I think that's been a big factor of not just the presidential leadership at the highest level, but our board, our cabinet, our deans, our faculty, our staff, they now see athletics as not just a bunch of people that are talking about what they want, but this is going to be something that needs to help us as a university grow as well. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What were the challenges of taking over this job in the middle of COVID? Ooh, I tell you one thing. Well, the biggest one is what I mentioned earlier. I was trying to get my MBA. I was in the second year of a graduate school program. So I didn't plan on doing that as trying to be an AD for the first time. But the other part was, you know, DePaul being a private school, you only can do so much research on the front end and find out what, what things that need to be worked on. So when you're in the pandemic and all your conversations are at best Zoom, it was good on one end because most people I meet today face-to-face, I've met previously at least on Zoom. So they know a little bit about me. You get past all those things and then we can get to how we help each other. But the problem was, one, you didn't have the interaction with the student athletes. The ones I see for the most part last year, they had a mask on. So I really didn't know most of them because we didn't play anything into the winter. Um, But I would say really just, I'm a people person. I love relationships. I need the face-to-face. That's where I'm at my best. I think we did really well from a fundraising standpoint in the pandemic. And we we got our, you know, our season started. We played. Everybody played at some point in the winter. That was the craziest thing. We have limitations on facilities, but because fall sports were postponed to the winter, basically the spring sports starting, the winter sports are actually in the normal season, and the fall sports shifted into it. We had every one of our 15 sports competing at some time in the winter quarter. That was a little crazy, and I hope that I. I told Jeannie, I said, hey, that's one thing I can say I, that you never had to deal with every sport playing in the winter. And I hope it never happens again. But I think that was the biggest thing is that keeping the young people motivated that we're going to get through this. Uh, the mental health uh, issues have just skyrocketed through it. You know, I've got a 14 year old and a 21 year old and my own and my, my own kids and just seeing that on the front end. But I think that was the biggest thing. But I, I feel like we're seeing the light. Uh, now that we can interact with students, we can go to games, you can get out and travel, you can meet with supporters and alumni. I mean, Lawrence, think about this. I'm going to see my first game with fans in Wintrust Arena on November 4th at our exhibition game. It'll be the first time I've ever been there with DePaul fans for an event. And I've been here 14 months. That's crazy. So those are the things that's really hard is that I don't have the balance. I get all the, the other parts without the fun part. And I think now I'm ready. I know it's some nervous energy. But that's kind of why you're in it. If you if you if you don't wake up and you got some nervousness about it, it's probably time to move on to something else because that's that controlled chaos of college athletics is what drives me. And that's kind of why I want to be in this seat. And it's it's been a fun ride. I think it'll make me better going forward that I had that first year. Uh, I would consider this, and you can make an asterisk note, this is still my rookie year. I did not qualify for rookie of the year last year. <laughs> this is still my rookie year. But I had, a, I, had I got some ABs last year, but I still qualify for the award. That's right. I, I, <laughs> I believe Randy Arozarena has played in three different postseasons, but this year he actually qualified for rookie of the year in the American League. So we'll put you on the Arozarena plan to, to give you that. What do you think it says about you that you took on what a lot of people in college athletics think is a huge challenge by leading DePaul's athletic department? What does it say about you? Well, I think for me, I was at a really good place in Kentucky. Uh, I was a deputy AD. Um, I wanted to be an athletic director, but I could be picky, and I wanted to be the right place. 
I think the thing that was different about DePaul is when it opened up, despite the challenges, pandemic, second year of grad school, those things, everything that had just happened with George Floyd and the awakening of our, our nation during that time period is it was really, this was my time. This is my opportunity. How many jobs did get open for someone like me that has the potential of DePaul? All right, so I was giving up something that was ready-made set, had a chance, you know, I was basically doing a basketball 80s job at Kentucky, so really building up for this type of job. Um, but I think really what it was, the thing that triggered it for me, Lawrence, to tell you the truth, is that I was dealing, I was working with a Black Student Advisory Committee um, on our campus at Kentucky, and I was talking to our student athletes, and I had no idea that as a deputy athletics director, they saw me as this mentor for them. These are a lot of students that not basketball that I was working with, but other sports that I didn't even realize really knew who I was outside of the personal relationships I had made over the years. And when they really were telling me how important it was for what I was doing in my job at Kentucky as deputy, I immediately realized that I was being selfish by just, I had a chance to be an AD. And I felt like if I don't go being AD, I'm letting all these young people down that need to see someone like myself in that position. And I'm talking two weeks later, the DePaul job opened up. I mean, it was like fate intervened, you know, and this is what I'm supposed to do. And unlike other jobs, I was a finalist. I applied for UCF when Danny White got it in 2015 and New Mexico when, um, uh, back in 2017 with Eddie Nunez. Those are the only jobs I had really pursued heavily and but this one was totally different i told everybody i mean i spent the first 30 days calling everybody i knew that was connected to chicago not only to find out about it but like like i was in the job the first day trying to fix and find out how i work different things it made me probably more prepared to start on september 1 if i got it but it also let me know what i was getting into so i knew a little bit about the good the bad and the ugly i knew that it we, had, we were a little bit in a hole on some things we need to work on. Um, I'm a little more external focused, and those are the things that I saw, some things that I could have some impact with. Um, we've been very dynamic on the internal side, I feel like. And my job was to come in and, okay, I know I got to fix basketball, right? I mean, I knew the other sports, we will have growth. I've been a part of a Kentucky program that became a top 10 Director's Cup program in all sports. You know, so I, I had an interaction with every sport. I've been part of other hires. I knew the men's basketball piece was the thing that's harder because you're in a league that you're in a league that that knows. Um, hold on one second. You're in a league that somehow everybody's trying to get better. You're not just going to be. It's not going to be easy to climb that ladder. And but I think for me, it just said a lot about I wanted to challenge. That was an, interesting to me. Um, I, I wanted to have some progress. I wanted to have an opportunity for excellence, but the challenge attracted me. I wanted that job. I didn't know that they wanted me early on, Lawrence. Otherwise, I got a better deal. I thought I was chasing. I thought I was chasing the Paul, but apparently they were interested in me too. So I didn't play that perfectly, but I really wanted this job, and I didn't care if anybody knew. All right, I got one more thing that I want to ask you, and this is super personal. I have no I have no beef with dibs, all right? I like dibs. Okay. Dibs is fine. But Billy Blue Demon is an iconic emblem. I think that it is the best mascot in sports. 
I know that you brought it back as a fundraiser. I have a Billy Blue Demon DePaul hoodie <laughs> up in my closet. What are the chances that we see Billy Blue Demon find his way back into more DePaul stuff? Okay. It's not going away. It wasn't a one-time thing, but that was obviously what you could get done in a short period of time. I do know we're going to have a, a throwback night, a Billy Blue Demon night. We actually planned on we made some contact through Brother Mark Elder on campus with the families that helped create it. Uh, we do have another run of items that are coming out this month in time for the holiday season, including some retro shorts, like a letterman jacket, a couple bags. It's gonna, the goal is to, the Billy Blue Demon is our classic logo that it's gotta have a place in our team stores online constantly. So obviously the new hire made in merchandise and licensing will help with that. That's one of her focuses. Um, but that's going to be many, you'll, you'll never have enough Billy Blue Demon gear and, and things. And I, that's going to be around the state. And so, well, we are going to have a throwback night this week too, just to celebrate it a little more. Uh, I didn't realize how much affinity the other sports had for Billy Blue Demon too. You know, so I knew I heard from social media, the fans, that was the first thing to hit me with, but I didn't realize like a lot of our coaches that have been around, they love, you know, wearing like socks or different gear and things like that too. Uh, and so, but it's been a pretty big seller. Like we sold out of the stuff we had in that little short run last year. And so we've got another one for the holiday season because it was what we could get done. Lindsay's been here less than a month trying to get this get started. But definitely when we relaunch our online store, which we're working on right now, and by the time we get into this, um, the Big E season, we'll have a lot more items for for, for whether that's giveaways or purchases or what have you. So Billy, Billy Blue Demon is around the state, that's for sure. Well, Dwayne, I appreciate it, man. I, I'm looking forward to the hopeful success that you're going to have. It, it, you definitely have a plan, and it comes across. And, you know, when, when I'm talking to you, it definitely comes across. So thanks for your time. I'm looking yeah. forward to to running into you at Wintrust at some point this season. And, and thank you for everything that you're hoping to do for the university. Thank you. And I appreciate it. Uh, I might have to hop into one of those classes. I can use, you know, my old comms background might have me jump back in there a little bit. We can tag, we can tag team a segment if you want to do something too. I would love, I would love to do that. You, You, I mean, you'd be surprised. Like the, the students that I've had over the last few years, like they, they need to talk to people. I mean, look, we could talk forever for all the stuff that you did, like with the SEC network and everything else. These are all things that they're trying to learn. And so what I try to do is I try to give them I, – I refer to myself as a scholar practitioner. Like, I'm teaching what I love. So I'm trying to give them real-world information to match with the theory that they've been learning in their other classes. So, I mean, we do all sorts of stuff. Like, I bring my contract in, and I, I – it's like, this is what my contract is, and these are the things that will get you fired. And I try to explain to them that the First Amendment is not – is not a catch-all that it doesn't protect you from consequences. It protects you from the right. government. Like, those types of things, I want them to learn. So the more that they can talk to people who are doing the stuff that in the industry that they love, I'm for it. So, yeah, come on come on down to downtown's campus. I, when I'm teaching in yeah. the spring, I'd love to have you there. Yeah, let me know anytime. I mean, I, I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, when I was at the conference office, for eight years, the one thing I missed the most was just the interaction with the students that I had when I was at the University of Montevallo, or that was one of the reasons I wanted to get on a campus, and I got there from Kentucky, and now I'm being here at DePaul, and 
like I said, that interaction I missed a lot last year because I tried to stay away because of COVID and things of that nature, but I'm enjoying that now. So I'm doing little segments now with 10 to 12 students called networking with, with um, ADPV, where we just sit there and talk. You know, it might be in the morning with a little breakfast or we have a little lunch, but I want them to get to know me a little better, but just kind of just, I miss that interaction so much. I can't take it for granted anymore. And I just want to let them know that we're here for them and what pick their brains. And it's, some, it's been some great ideas that's come out of these networking meetings because I'm trying to get them used to how do they deal with adults and people and they need to be going out there and meeting people. Those skill sets, you lose that, you won't make it once you leave here. So just get them more comfortable with just how do you start a conversation or when you meet somebody, you know, what do you do? Because right now we can put 50 students in a place with a bunch of CEOs and they'll all be together sitting over to the corner talking to each other, right? They don't interact enough. And so just a lot of teaching things. So we might be in touch too. So I, I'm, I told you, I'll be, I'll be there when you call, but we might be calling you to come in and talk to some of our students too. I, I love doing it. The interaction with the students is amazing. I always feel like I'm a better broadcaster in the quarter that I teach because I'm going over some of the, like the fundamental stuff in, in it. And I get a kick out of it. I got students now. I have, I have one that's a sports anchor down in Texas, and she okay. reached out to me uh, a few weeks ago for some, a project that she was working on. I got one that just graduated law school that I think is going to be a rock star. And, okay. and, and it's great. Like, I, I got something out of it. And it's, it's weird. I, when I was an undergrad at DePaul, I thought that I would end up in a classroom. I thought I would end up teaching. My parents are both teachers. My dad was a college professor. And now – it's so perfect because I'm teaching what I love and now I've got all of this experience from the industry that I can give to them and let them, and, and I'm blown away by like, I, I try to tell people all the time, Dwayne, like the, the work that these students have done over the last two years, like what we've asked them to do when it comes to learning, how they've handled it to me is amazing. Like it's inspiring how they adapted to, what was a seismic change in the way that education works. And for the most part, like they just have come through with flying colors. Like I'm really amazed by it. So I love that you're doing this and whatever you need. Like I, I love talking with students. I love sharing my experiences. So if you need something, I'm more than willing to help out. Well, that sounds good. I agree because I think there was maybe two, three years ago, we felt like this generation hadn't really dealt with any adversity, right? You know, you guys got it easy. Now, <laughs> what they've been through in the last two years, this is nothing that our generation or even our parents went through. You know, that's just a whole nother set of circumstances. So what they've overcome and persevered through, I can only imagine. And some of them are doing unbelievably better than they were, you know, pre-pandemic. Yep. And that's the thing that once they're challenged, it's just like these rules that we put in place where there's name image likeness or transfer portal, all the different things we're dealing with the NCAA to just assume that these young people will fail. I just, they're going to overcome any obstacle. They'll fit, they'll find their way, you know, so there might be some trouble or some issues with some of the things on the front end, but eventually they will make this an asset, giving them their freedom and allowing them to explore and be just like every other student on campus, especially when the name image likeness pieces. I think when we look back, it'll be, the glory time for athletics versus being such a negative field that, that people talk about right now. You've got to give them a chance. You've got to give them that opportunity. And I'd rather them fail here 
than getting out in the real world and never experienced it, try their own business for the first time or try to be a professional in any way for the first time ever. And we don't have, and they don't have us, you know, so I'd rather be here for them now. Let them try that. Let them, let them toy around with things. You know, if they want to have their own clothing line, do it now while you're in college. Uh, because one, that's, your brand's probably not going to be any bigger than it is right now. But also, we're, your parents are still here to help you. That's right. And so and then I think that's a it's part of their learning experience. It's supposed to be educational, right? We're all educators. This is just part of that learning experience. And people don't realize, I had to tell a lot of people, every other student on campus could already do this. This is not something that's just brand new. It's just that student athletes couldn't. And I think once they really realize that and that resonates, they understand that, okay, maybe this is, maybe I'm making this sound too bad. And I'm, I'm thinking about somebody getting a million dollars for just showing up on campus. But what does that affect you? And eventually businesses will figure this out too. They'll know what's real assets, just like anything else, um, just like these young people will too. But, um, but this is great. It's good to catch up. Good to meet you virtually. Uh, can't wait to see you in person. Um, and we're going to make it where you get, you, you're going to make it where you're going to have to get out to Wintrust Arena where you used to live because you can't miss out on the action. So we'll do our part, Lawrence. We'll do our part. All right. I'll do my part too. Dwayne, thanks for the time, man. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. And I'm around. Greg knows how to get in contact with me. So I'm around. Okay. Sounds good. All right. I'll talk to you Thank soon. You. Thank you both. Right, take care. Bye. Bye-bye. So as I said, there's a lot there. I, I walk away from that conversation feeling really good about what he wants to accomplish at DePaul, what he places value on. And I love what he was saying about the fundraising aspect of it and how he's willing to, if, if there is support, he will go and find money. If, if, there, if the university can help him, he's going to help the university. I think that's what, we need and I think it's just honestly like it's a fresh pair of eyes on our situation someone who is outside of the family of DePaul that doesn't have some of the stuff that that I deal with like because I've loved DePaul for 40 years or whatever that doesn't come into it with that burden of history and fandom like it's okay to respect the history of an institution like DePaul and the history of Ray Meyer on the men's basketball side, but getting some fresh eyes on all of it and thinking bigger, making DePaul bigger overall, I think is really, really cool. I I don't know how this season is going to go and it's whatever. Like I'm not, I'm not here expecting DePaul to be a postseason team this season. I think that Tony Stubblefield is cobbling together a roster. I believe they just got a transfer a couple days ago that's going to be eligible once the winter semester, fall semester is over as a graduate. But fall semester for the school he's transferring from, DePaul's on quarters, so it works out. But I'm just happy that there are fresh eyes and fresh ideas on DePaul's plight. And I'm wishing Dwayne Peavy a lot of luck. If you're a DePaul fan, I hope you enjoy that. Even if you didn't, I like the – we talked a lot about education in there and working with young people, and I like his approach to that too. It's similar to mine. 
So I thank you for listening. Thanks to David Hochberg, my man, David Hochberg. If you are buying or refinancing your home, that's the guy that you want to talk to, David Hochberg. 855-56-DAVID is the way that you can hit him up. He helped me. I'm telling you, he can help you. If you've been sitting around going, man, how am I going to get financing for this new home? He will walk you through the process on a bunch of different levels and give you options on what it is that you can do. So call him, okay? 855-56-DAVID. And when you call him, tell him that I sent you. That would be nice. 56david.com. Homeside Financial is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 1124061. We got a big week on House of L, so make sure you stick around for it. Thanks for your support. Always talk to you next time. Peace.